So I was actually adopted, man. I was left at a yard sale uh, when I was just over 12 weeks old. Oh my gosh. And yeah, so um, how that kind of came to be was uh, my my birth mom, um, she was kind of a meth addict and she's addicted to drugs, in and out of prison and um, actually had, she attempted an abortion three times on me, once at a clinic and they wouldn't do it because she had a fever. Uh, so they wouldn't actually admit her. And then twice was at home with a coat hanger. And thank God she missed. But I was still born six weeks early due to the drugs. So I was uh, one pound, four or five ounces at birth. Um, dropped down to less than a pound. Was in an incubator for six weeks, man. And uh, at 32 years old, I stand here completely healthy. I'm six foot one. I feel good. I look good. You know, like I'm not, there's nothing wrong with me given those circumstances. Hey, this is a quick shout out from one of our awesome sponsors. Check this out. Hey guys, this episode is sponsored by Tranquil Turtle Massage. Tracy over there, the founder, she's a small town girl from Montana, loves God, loves her family, loves her friends, loves working out, fishing and camping. She has a passion for helping those in need and enjoys being creative with woodworking, crocheting, healthy baking, pottery and cooking. Look, she began her massage journey back in 2010 where she graduated from massage school up in Anchorage, Alaska. She specializes in her signature massages, the Hanu Infusion and the Hanu Ashiatsu, as well as the Gua Sha and Manual Lymphatic Drainage. If you're looking for a massage specialist and someone who could get you feeling good, go see Tracy down at Tranquil Turtle Massage. And while you're there, check out CDA Microblading, offering Coeur best tattoo brows, plasma fibroblast, tightening, and PMU services right there in the heart of downtown Coeur Make sure you book your appointment at pnwmobilemassage.com. Kyle, you're an entrepreneur. You're the president of Seven Figure Industry. You're a consultant and coach that is helping business owners turn chaos into profit. And you've built and sold three seven-figure brick-and-mortar companies. You're the host of Project Fortify. So much more, man. Thanks for your time. Really appreciate it. Yeah, man. Thanks so much for having me on. I'm, I'm excited to jump in and get rocking with this. I'd love to kick things off on my show by going back a bit. Your story is incredible. Where did you grow up? What was tribe like for you, dude? Oh, man. I grew up in a little town um, outside, of, uh, outside of Los Angeles County, outside of Orange County and Riverside County, but the town was called Hemet. Um, and, dude... I always play with people like there's only two reasons you ever go to Hemet because there's no freeway anywhere near this place. Uh, there's really only two, two reasons you go to Hemet and that's for meth and to die. So meth and death, dude, those are the only reasons that you should go to Hemet. Um, weird fact about Hemet, it's actually uh, Scientology's gold base, like their world headquarters is in Hemet. It's in the middle of nowhere. It's super weird. So I guess you go there for three reasons, meth, death, and Scientology, man. But uh <laughs> It was rough, dude. Honestly, it was, uh, it was rough. Um, you know, I didn't realize what my childhood was like really until I became an adult. Right. And I was able to actually put like meaning and context behind it. And, um, more often, like I'm actually thankful for my childhood. Like I'm not upset about anything or like frustrated or like, man, I missed out because it turned me into who I am today, man. But, um, yeah. I'll go all the way back to the beginning. And I think this is an important part of the story. Um, so I was actually adopted, man. I was left at a yard sale uh, when I was just over 12 weeks old. Oh, my gosh. And, gosh. yeah, so um, how that kind of came to be was uh, my, my birth mom, um, she was kind of a meth addict. And she's addicted to drugs, in and out of prison. And um, actually had – she attempted an abortion three times on me, once at a clinic. And they wouldn't do it because she had a fever. Uh, so they wouldn't actually admit her. And then twice was at home with a coat hanger. And thank God she missed but I was still born six weeks early due to the drugs. So I was uh, one pound, four or five ounces at birth. 
Um, dropped down to less than a pound, was in an incubator for six weeks, man. And uh, at 32 years old, I stand here completely healthy. I'm six foot one. I feel good. I look good. You know, like I'm not, there's nothing wrong with me given those circumstances. And, um, you know, uh, with, with my birth mom's lifestyle, she got about six weeks in after I got out of the hospital and um, was like, dude, I need to go freaking party. I can't do this. This kid's screaming its head off. Um, and, uh, she had had an arrangement previously with some, with some people that were going to adopt me. It's a whole crazy story there too, but, um, they were having a yard sale and they were selling all of the stuff that they had set up for a nursery to, to take me in. And she had canceled the adoption last minute as she was going into labor. And so it's three months later after I was born, they're selling everything. Well, she rolls up to the yard sale and was like, Hey, I need to go party. Can you watch him until tomorrow? And calls him like five, four or five days later. It's like, Hey, if you want to keep him, you can. What? <laughs> yeah, so that's that's how my life started man um so everything from that I'm, like, yeah, I'm thankful to be here i have a purpose there's got to be something bigger than just existing right yeah, yeah. come on dude yeah, what a what a cool story but man i'm so like it's honored to have you on the show because there are so many points i think throughout your early days where you shouldn't be here and here you yeah, are changing lives man that's so awesome dude um yeah. crazy start but i love that what you got going on now but yeah, man, you, you know, and failing, it's such a big part of life and in business. And I always love to ask the question, like, what was your biggest failure? What did you learn from that experience? Oh man, I got, I got it right on the top of my head. Um, 2016. So I had built and sold or been a part of and sold three companies at this point, 2016 was coming around and, um, dude, I had made a, a uh, like I had swore to myself, like, I'm never going to get back into that industry after my third business. And um, I got into real estate investing. That's where I met my now wife. And um, I was doing that full time. Like, that was my dream, dude. I've been wanting to do real estate forever. So I'm in it. I'm, I'm rocking. We're rolling. We're flipping houses. <clears throat> and I get a call from this guy named Clay. And Clay goes, hey, man, what's up? Haven't talked to you in a little while. Uh, the company that you sold about a year and a half ago just went under. And so the, the, non, the, the non-compete that you had is no longer relevant. And I have $3 million of work I need to give to somebody. Are you open to it? I'm like, yeah, dude. Like I, I honestly, I had this ego and I was like, dude, nothing can touch me. I'm, I'm the king of the world. My shit doesn't stink. Like let's go do it again. Yeah. And, um, I ended up buying all the assets back from the company that I sold for like pennies on the dollar. Dude, I was, I was living high on the hog. I, I felt at least. And so we started another brick and mortar, uh, commercial construction company and we were building cell phone towers day. Number one, there were issues and I should have known it. And I should have been listening. Um, Long story short, uh, that year I hired and fired about 60 to 65 people on a crew of between 28 and 30. And so I had cycled through all of my employees at least twice in a nine-month period. Um, And there's just so many crazy things that happened, man. But overall, the big failure was I had lost almost $200,000 in nine short months. We did just shy of $3 million in revenue, and I'm out. I'm in the red $200,000, $160,000, $170,000 before transportation costs to get home. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, man. It was, it was uh, crazy, dude. For me, dude, like I would poured everything I had into this business. And I'm like, dude, this yeah. is it. Like, I'm just going to like, we got the business. We got the work. It's easy this time, dude. And it was the furthest thing from the truth. Um, and looking back, you know, I was naive to think that, that the market, that I could outsmart the market, right? Because the market always wins. Sure. Like the, the market doesn't matter how good or bad of an entrepreneur you are. Like the market's going to whoop your ass if you don't pay attention. Yeah. And yeah. I got my ass kicked by the market. <laughs> um, but the, the learning lessons that I got from that was um, kind of the, the core to everything that I do today 
which is having the ability to actually diagnose what's wrong with your business. Mm-hmm. I went an entire nine months not knowing what was wrong. And I was so close, like you say, you hear the uh, analogy, you can't read the label of the bottle from inside the bottle. Yeah. I was so close and so stubborn that like I wasn't paying attention to the fundamentals that were breaking in the business. And I had no idea how to fix it and no idea how to even like see them. Mm-hmm. And so my biggest lesson is really like having the ability to diagnose a business at a moment's notice is like an entrepreneur's best kept secret, man. Right. Oh, gosh, man. <laughs> Nuts, dude. So, gosh. You know, I mean, you're doing coaching and consulting now, you know, and you work with tons of business owners. What's that thing that you see most business owners struggle with? And, and then what do they, what do they have to do to overcome that? <clears throat> oh man, that's a good question. I would say most business owners struggle with the actual integration of their vision, like getting their vision out of their head and into the action plan and like distilled down to their team with specific targets and KPIs. Yeah. Like, because people are such visionaries typically as the owner um, that they, if they think it, they think it's done sometimes. So I would say that's probably the biggest thing that, that I've seen. And, and really the way that I found to overcome that, like if you've ever read like the traction series, um, it, it, it's getting a visionary and an integrator put together. And once you get the visionary and the integrator put together, that's when you get that rocket fuel that he refers to is like, that's when things actually start to happen. That's when you can actually get, uh, you know, like the bowling bumpers, the, yeah. the visionary needs bowling bumpers, dude, or he'll go off track and he'll spend all the money. Um, <laughs> and then the integrator needs like the pins, like he needs to know where he's, where he's bowling and where he's going. And that's when you get that combination in a business, that's when I've seen the most, the most success is when you have those two roles at a minimum, man, like it's so much faster with so much more velocity than you can ever imagine. Yeah. I, being just getting clear on your vision, man, is so huge, man. Yeah, man. So I think, you know, it, being in the space of podcasts and I, I come across tons of people, they, they use the term coaching and entrepreneurs and, and a lot of, so many people do it. They're not real coaches, but you know, they call themselves coaches, but you're actually legit. You're, you're successful. You're a coach, you're a consultant in the space, very successful with the downturn of kind of this epi- economic turmoil going on. Like mm-hmm. what do you see the future of coaching and consulting looking like? Man, I think coaching, I think two things are going to happen. I think the coaching and consulting industry is going to explode. You look at any recession at any point in in history since coaching has been around since the 60s, um, it's exploded in every economic downturn we've had. But the people who win are the people who are actually doing the right things. In the coaching and consulting space, man, there's just so many charlatans and frauds and like just people that are just full of it, you know? And it really separates those kinds of people, people that aren't really good they're not going to make it. The people who are really good, like those are going to be the ones that you see on the other side of this that own multi-million dollar consultancies, multi-million dollar um, coaching businesses, the ones that are actually really good at, at doing what they say they can do, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Oh man, for sure. And, and you know, always fun to ask this question too, is like, you know, what is something that you tried that you didn't really expect it would work, but then something like that's really become a big part of what you do today? Huh. I don't know if it's something I've tried that didn't work, but I think that um, something that I used to do in, in the tower business that I still apply to coaching and consulting, it's like, it's kind of the bread and butter of my coaching actually in, in, in tower, in the tower business, you have technicians that go out and troubleshoot when like the site's down, like you don't need it on your phone and it says you have like full service and you can't like make a phone call. Yeah. 
You know, it's like, so there's a problem with a cell site nearby and, and there's a way of troubleshooting, like an order of operations of troubleshooting that cell site. And that's the exact same way I go about troubleshooting a business. And so I would say the most unexpected thing that I've found is the order of operations to troubleshoot and how yeah. to like go back to the diagnostics is like, what's that order of operations. And it's, it's funny cause it's, it's the same type of process that I used back when we were, when we were building cell phone towers five, six years ago. Mm, so good, man. It's so good to have that. Yeah. If you're out of process, man, out of alignment there, there's no way man, yeah. you're, you're making it. <laughs> well, man. And then it's like the analogy that I give people in this is a garden hose. Like you have a spigot on a garden hose and you turn it on and you know, you go to the other end of the hose and you look down the barrel of the hose and it's like, there's no water coming out in the business world. That's money. Right. And the spigot is leads. And what happens is a lot of the times these businesses have like kinks in their hose. And a lot of the business owners spend time closest to the output trying to fix kinks. When in reality, if they just go back to the spigot and find the closest fault at the spigot or the closest kink, undo that kink. Dude, it's amazing how many of the other kinks, just the pressure just kind of gets rid of those. And now at the other side of that, you have, you have water or in business money coming out the other side just by undoing one thing when you would have maybe done five or six or eight other things before you would have ever gotten there. Yeah, uh, for sure, dude. That's awesome. Yeah, dude. I mean, I think as, as entrepreneurs that are successful, they all have a, a why or a reason for what they do. You know, what yep. is that reason for you uh, for one growing and running a business? You know, what is the most important for you? Man, um, the one thing that's near and dear to my heart is helping fight sex trafficking. Yeah. Um, like for me, man, I, I have a, a, a morning ritual that I read through every day called my morning formula. I'm a morning formula that I read through. And, and one of the lines in there, um, I'm getting emotional just thinking about it. Like it makes me cry every morning, dude. Um, is it's my responsibility to go out and rescue these women and children from being sold to the highest bidding pig in the room. Mm -hmm. yeah. And for me, like I know down to the dollar what it costs to rescue and rehabilitate someone um, from sex trafficking. And it's not cheap. It's, it's upwards of $85,000 from the current stats that I was able to get to be able to rescue somebody from another country and be able to rehabilitate them and get them back to living a, a somewhat normal life. And so for me, as my personal deep down desire, it's like, how many women and children can I get out of sex slavery over the next, you know, five, 10 years? Because it's not getting any better, man. It's just getting worse and worse and worse. And so um, selfishly, that, that's why I do this. It's like, how can we, how can we go and, and, you know, I'm not going to be the dude kicking the doors in, but I'll be the dude funding the guy out there kicking the doors in. Yeah. So that's my big thing, man, is like. That's such a big topic, man. And I've met some guys in person that are the guys on the ground that go out and like mm -hmm. are undercover. And it's yeah. the stories that you hear from these guys are horrendous, man. Horrendous, and man. like you said, it's never slowing down. It's continuing to get worse and worse. You know, I live out here in Coeur d'Alene, Idaho off a yeah. of highway. And I feel like, you know, every <laughs> couple months we'll see like four or five kids that go suddenly missing. And then it's like wow. four or five months again, we'll see another, you know, four or five kids that are missing. And it's like, I wonder if that's just like guys coming in, they're doing a big swoop, they leave and they come back four or five months later. And it just is insane to see the amount of people. Yeah, it's crazy, man. Um, Even here in the United States, man, where you're at, you see four yeah. to five every few months. Yeah. And that's just the one that you see. I'm here yeah. in, uh, I, I live outside of Nashville, right? Nashville is kind of like the Bible belt, you know, man. Totally. And uh, there was a Baptist church outside of Nashville and like five of the people in there were, were, were convicted of sex trafficking in Nashville at a freaking church. Wow. The last place you would ever expect it. And it's like, dude, what, what's being done? Like we, it's an uncomfortable topic. And like, I, I hate, you know, sitting and like talking and looking into it, but it's, it's, nece it's, nece it's necessary, man. Somebody's mm -hmm. got to do it.
Yeah, somebody's got to do it. You talked about your, your kind of morning reading there. What time is it, is that morning routine start for you? It's honestly depending on how my body feels. Uh, seven, six, between six and seven typically every morning. Okay. Um, and I honestly like to get up, get a cup of coffee, and just go straight to work, dude. Like, yes. I enjoy getting into work. And then what I'll like to do is I'll get the, the big things done in the morning. Um, like, for example, my morning this morning, I'm at a hotel, so I switched it up. Uh, you know, didn't switch it up a lot, but like my working environment switched a little bit. But I was up at seven, I was down in the lobby, had my coffee, and I was working on some mind maps for, uh, for a new company that we just acquired on like the customer journey through the, the business, right? And so I was able to do that. And then after about an hour and a half, two hours worth of work, um, got that stuff done. And then I'd get into my morning formula. And the morning formula is just reminding me of who I'm trying to become, man, because we're always. Like for me, I was actually having a good conversation with my best friend about this the other day. And it's like, dude, it's not really about the money. Like the money is cool. The money's nice. But it's like, who do I have to become worthy of doing six, 10, 30 million a year? Mm. Like, who do I have to show up as on a daily basis to be that person? Now, whether or not I make the six, 10, 35, 40, 100 million, whatever, that's kind of irrelevant. Yeah. It's the guy and, and who I become to do that. And so it's just going through and reminding me of like, why am I doing this? Um, what are the things that I'm chasing? Who am I become? What character traits would a $10 million version a year of myself look like? Mm-hmm. Uh, how would I make my decisions? How would I interact with people? How would I, how would I treat my spouse? How would I treat my friends? How would I treat my body? Um, and, you know, so yeah, man, that's kind of what my morning looks like. Oh, it's so good, dude. I mean, Dean Graziosi talks about that seven layers of why, man, like going down why seven times. And that's the the true why of right, man, of what you're going for. I love that. I want to talk about your um, seven-figure industry, man. For those who don't know, what is seven-figure industry? What is it that you guys do? Yeah, man. So seven-figure industry is really helping coaches and consultants like fortify their business, right? Um, you know, we, we talk about things like the infrastructure of your business. How do you actually have an infrastructure to scale past $100,000 a month? Um, what infrastructure is needed at 400K a month, at 200K a month? What, what's actually needed? Um, and then we talk about, you know, the data. What, you know, businesses are a very emotional environment. And if we make decisions in our business based on emotions, man, like I have stories for days when I've made decisions based on emotions and they've come back to bite me in my ass three, six, nine, 12 months later. And I've realized that everything in business needs to be it needs to be made from a, a place of data. The decision needs to be actionable data decision type, um, and then the the art of diagnostics diagnostics. And so we we help businesses create the infrastructure, understand and, and collect the data, and then have the ability to actually go through diagnose the problems. So you think you you know as we go into this uncertain times, the last thing that you want to be doing is going and spending you know. 40k on this coach and 30k on this guy and 40k on this guy just for them to tell you like hey man the button on your landing page is the wrong color it's like bro get out of here that is not what it's not going to actually fix the problem man like the the, the landing page button color really doesn't matter in the grand scheme of things like in the micro sure but in the macro it just does not freaking matter and i've just seen and i've worked with consultancies and i've invested in consultancies that are like oh yeah like this is this is what i think it might be and no one has the, the, the nuance and understanding of your business more than you do mm-hmm. ever. Yeah. And if you're relying on someone else to diagnose your business without the context, they're always going to misdiagnose. Yeah. yeah. You know? And so it's, it's, it's your, it's in your best interest to understand how to actually diagnose the problems in your business. Now solving them different conversation, totally. but if you can figure out what the problems are, then you can go find the people to actually solve them. Mm-hmm. Come on. So I'll yeah, man. It. That's all. As we get closer to the end of 2022, what are you most excited about going into 2023? 
Oh man. I would say for me, one of the, one of the biggest changes that we made this year was uh, I was going in with my team as a fractional COO. And so we would go in and if you've ever seen the show, like the profit with Marcus Limonis, we would basically do like the same thing for businesses. So I'd take over the business as second in command. My team would come in as the team to execute on a lot of the stuff. And I would get them into a place to where they can hire um, uh, an integrator, take over my position as the COO and run the business. And we've transitioned into a group model now where we have, we can actually train a lot more people and a lot of the, of the owners and integrators at a much more scalable level. So one of the things that I'm excited about, man, is just impacting more people. Like we're going to start doing events every quarter where you come out and like do your quarterly planning with us and sit down and run through KPIs and work through targets and, and, and troubleshoot some of the stuff in the business. We're going to start doing those events every quarter. And I would say that's probably the biggest thing I'm excited about is like, you know, last year we were able to help over a dozen, a dozen clients. This year we'll be able to help well into the hundred. So I'm just really, really excited about being able to help a lot more people, man. Yeah, those uh, live events, man, is it, you just get to have that close interaction, you know, mm -hmm. and people like to go to virtual events. For me, man, I'm all about the live events. If I can get down there, man, I've learned so much from live events. And I think if you can get everybody there, not only does that help you scale your business, but you're able to help hundreds of people versus just 10, 12, right, in a year. That's awesome, man. Bingo. Bingo, man. I'm at a live event right now, man. That's why I'm in the hotel, okay. uh, the hotel room right now filming, the, filming this. So it's, uh, they're, they're, they're crucial. Yes, absolutely. For you, what's the best place for folks to be able to follow and connect and, 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 you know, hire you to be their coach? Yeah, man. I mean, if you want to follow and connect, like you can go on Instagram. Uh, most of my handle is seven figure Kyle, um, Kyle Livingston on YouTube. Um, but for, for your audience, man, I'd actually love to give them like all of the templates and, and everything that we've used to grow these businesses from like sales activity sheets and dashboards and all the stuff that we use from a template perspective. I'd love to offer that to your audience, man. Totally free. So come on if uh if they want to go to fortified toolbox.com uh dude it's a it's a it's totally free opt-in we'll send all this stuff over to you and these are templates that we're using for businesses that are doing 10 million a year these are templates that we're using for businesses doing 100k a month you know 1.2 million a year and everything in between so depending on where you're at uh you might need something different but they're all there it's all free um yeah man have at it that is amazing i will be sure to put the link down below so folks Thanks, folks man. can access that dude that's huge man Huge. Thank you so much for, for offering that. I think that you'll get a of lot of folks uh, picking that up there. Uh, I always love man. to end the show with a, a fun question. I'm a big music guy. Like what's a favorite type of music for you? Or do you have a favorite band that you like to listen to? Oh man. Music's an interesting, uh, interesting conversation with me. So uh, real quick. I, I, so I grew up like hardcore Southern Baptist. Like I, I literally had to argue with my dad at like 15 years old to get a Creed CD. I'm not okay. joking. <laughs> so, so, like, I, I honestly awesome. found in music kind of, kind of as an adult. Um, man, what I really enjoy actually is, uh, like instrumental classical. Okay. Um, and I love how, like, I'll, I'll listen to that in the background as I'm working and like, the, like instrumental type music, whether it's like lo-fi music or classical music, anything instrumental, dude, I just love it. It just fires me up and gets me going. I'm the same way. Like when it comes to reading, I don't like silence. Yep. So like, I always have like a Tron soundtrack or some sort of like yes. technical like going on in the background. My kids walk in like, Oh, dad's reading again. Like, you know, <laughs> I'm the same way, man. I, uh, my, my, my go-to is Ludovico and Naudi when I'm reading, he's like this, okay. this incredible, just classical artist. And dude, I throw that on it. It just gets me like in the zone to read and yeah. I mean, you're rocking. So, so good, dude, Kyle, such an honor to have you on my show, man. I think what you got going on yeah, is man. huge. You're going to be changing some lives with your events there, man. Stoked for you. And um, also, people need to go check out your podcast, Project Fortify, man, and go subscribe and all of that to your channels. 
I'll put all the links down below. But man, truly an honor to have you on my show. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Eric, thank you so much, man. I'm stoked with what you're doing and you're changing a lot of lives yourself, man. So keep keep doing this. Keep taking the time out of your day to, to do these. And dude, thank you. Hey, thank you so much for checking out the show today. I really appreciate you taking the time out of your day to take a listen or watch. It's truly an honor to be able to speak with such amazing guests. And I hope that they've made an impact on your life in some way, shape, or form. And you can do me one big favor. That would be huge. Click that subscribe button. And then second favor, hit that share button. Thank you so much for taking the time. I appreciate you. Keep changing the world. I believe in you.